Amen. Praise the Lord. I just want to uh, say thank you to Andre Sienes, who is now our new 11 o'clock Contemporary Worship Service leader. And thank you to her and the band that have led us in worship today. Well, I grew up in a home uh, where my parents were student workers. They, they work with uh, youth and college students. And so I can't remember the first time that I went to a youth camp because I was like a baby. Uh, and from there on, kept going. But growing up, one of my favorite things about camp uh, was a, a campfire that they would do towards the end of the week. Uh, there would be this opportunity to, to be outside. Usually it was in the fall, it was in the summer camp, it was like fall or spring, and so the evening was cool, and, and they would, the, the young people would gather a lot of wood, and then uh, there would be some kind of fire starter. Um, I, I, I don't know, sometimes people think I'm a pyromaniac, um, but uh, I, I would enjoy watching uh, the lighting of the fire, and then, and then the wood just take off and the flames going up in the dark and cool of the night. And then we would uh, uh, get around that campfire and then young people would begin to share testimonies of how God was working in their lives, how Christ had made a difference in their lives and how God had spoken to them that week and how life was going to be different when they got back home. And, and so for me, looking at the fire, hearing the crackling and seeing the sparks sort of float into uh, the heavens was sort of a reminder of, of, a, of a truth that was about an internal fire that had been ignited in our hearts and, and that when we left camp, things couldn't be the same, that, that life would be different, that this was a turning point in our lives. And as God had purified with his fire our hearts, and now we wanted to set the world on fire. Well, today is Ignite Sunday, and, and we want to ignite something. We want to see the fire burn bright. We are launching what we're calling the new Calvary. And, and so this is a new season, a new beginning for us. A lot of people have been saying, what is the new normal going to look like? And the, the, the one thing that we know for this last 18 months is there's a lot of things we can't be sure about. There's a lot of things we can't just count on. But the one thing that we are confident about is that God is able to ignite a fire among his people that will change us from the inside out and that will spread to our families, our communities, and our world. We know that God can do that regardless of what's going on around us. And I wonder if you are ready for some fresh wind and fresh fire from God to blow through our church and ignite a flame that burns into our community and into the rest of our world. Are you ready for that? Do you want that to happen? Amen? Yes. I'm ready. I want to do that. When we look at the life of Jesus, we know that there are several turning points in his life. Luke tells us about his baptism, uh, about the 40 days in the wilderness where he's fasting and praying. He tells us about the time that he goes to his hometown synagogue in Nazareth and he declares his ministry agenda. He tells us about the time that he begins to call uh, people to follow him. But today we come to a story 
where it's really a, a huge turning point. There, there's something that happens here that is very significant. I think it's, it's sort of the igniting of his ministry that from there will continue to grow. And I want to invite you to go there with me. And it's found in Luke chapter 6, beginning with verse 12. Luke 6, beginning with verse 12. And I'll read it. It, it reads like this. One of those days... Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them, whom he also designated apostles. Simon, who, whom he named Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called a zealot, Judah, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. He went down with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem and from the coastal region around Tyre and Sidon who had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by impure spirits were cured and the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and he was healing them all. This was a day in the life of Jesus, but it wasn't uh, an extraordinary day. It, it was a common day. This, this was uh, ordinary for him. He started his day alone in prayer. He gathered with his disciples, and then he went out into the world to touch the broken. Mike Breen has suggested that, that uh, Jesus here was in all three dimensions, the up dimension with the father, the in dimension with his close friends and disciples, and then the out dimension to the broken world. He started the fire. He kept the fire going, and then he spread that fire. Today I'm saying Jesus started the fire, he stirred the coals, and he spread the flame. Let's talk about that briefly. And the first thing we see here is, is the starting of the fire. The power of Jesus' ministry came from his time alone with the Father. He spent 40 days in the wilderness, praying and fasting before he even started ministry. And then here, before he chooses the 12, he spent all night in prayer. If you fast forward to the end of Jesus' ministry, the night before he dies, we find him in the Garden of Gethsemane praying. The night before the most incredible redemptive act that history has ever seen. Jesus is on his knees submitting to the Father's will. Behind that powerful ministry of Jesus, behind his teaching, his miracles, his making of disciples, his death on the cross is a life of prayer. In the secret place, he meets with the Father abiding on his knees, seeking the Father's will. If we want to experience that fire, we need to spend time with the holy fire. He's the one that ignites our hearts. That's where our fire starts, on our knees, abiding in the secret place, in the prayer closet. That's where it gets started. My wife shared with me a, a quote from Instagram. I want you to know every time I, I reference my wife in my sermons, it's always a good thing, you know? Uh, I don't need you to be telling her things I said when she wasn't here, okay? But anyway, 
She shared a quote with me the other day about a, a father and a son who uh, the son asked, how big is God? And the father pointed to the heavens and, and there was an, an airplane and he says, how big is that airplane? And the little boy said, well, it's very small. I can barely see it. And so then the father took his boy to the airport and they got really close to, to one of the gates and they looked through the window and he pointed at the plane and said, how big is that airplane? He goes, wow, that's really big. And the dad said to his father, you know, how big God is depends on how close you are to him. You see, God, Jesus knew the power of God because he stayed close to him. He was with him in prayer. The fire star starts in the up dimension. Worship is both individual and corporate. We pray in the secret place and we praise in the public gathering. Jesus went down, went up to a mountainside to pray alone, but he wasn't always alone. He left a gathered group of disciples to pray. And then when he finished praying, he came back to that gathered group of disciples. The group of disciples was bigger than 12 because he says that from them he chose 12. So he has to have been bigger than 12. In fact, when you look at verse 17, he says he went down with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there. There's a large crowd of, of followers. There were many other men and women who were following Jesus. The fire that spread around the world after Jesus' resurrection started, yes, in his communion with the Father, but it was passed on to a gathered group. If you want to start a campfire, you need to gather wood, you need to add fuel, and then you need to ignite the Father, the fire. And, and what Jesus did is, is he gathered his disciples, he added the fuel of prayer, and then he ignited a fire from heaven. And Jesus still invites you and me to set our hearts on fire in private prayer, in seeking his face, and then fan that flame as we gather. When we come together on Sundays, when we sing songs, when we hear God's word, what we're doing here is we're fanning a flame that should be ignited by your relationship with the Father on a daily basis. Gather, that's where the fire starts. That's the up dimension. Secondly, we see Jesus stirring the coals. This is what I call grow. A couple of years ago, my wife and I uh, decided that we wanted to, to buy a fire pit and, uh, and, and we put it in our backyard and we would invite friends to come in the fall or spring evenings when it's cooler and we make hot dogs or s'mores and uh, corn on the cob and, and we have friends sitting around the fire pit telling stories, telling jokes, laughing, just enjoying an evening. And then our children, our son started discovering that he could do that, except they would go a lot later into the night in doing that. But one of the things that we discovered quickly was that it's easy to start a fire. It's not always easy to keep it on. That, that you can get a big flame at the beginning, uh, but, but if those logs aren't the right logs and, and if you've not done your job right, it'll, it'll turn off quickly. You need to get the right logs. You need to get the right kindle. You need to get the right, and then you need to poke the fire. You need to stir the coals. You, you, you need to move those logs around. And when we look at the ministry of Jesus, we see that he started the fire, yes, but he also stirred the coals. He didn't come to impress us with a flash in the pan kind of ministry. He came to light up a movement that lasted for generations. 
and that continues to go on. He gathered a big group of disciples we see here, but he chose 12 to be in his inner circle. See, Jesus knew the advantage of a large gathering, but he also knew the power of a small group. Jesus understood that small is big. In fact, he said that the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. It's a small seed. And it's planted in the ground. And then it gives, me, gives much fruit, much bigger than itself. These 12 are designated apostles. Disciples are learners. Apostles are representatives. Disciples are called in. Apostles are sent out. And so he chooses these 12 in a special way because as he pours himself into their lives, they grow in the knowledge of God. As Jesus pours himself into this group and, and he goes deep with them, they, they grow in the, knowledge, in the understanding of the kingdom of God. They grow in their love for one another. They grow in their love for Jesus. They, they grow in their passion to be about what he's about. They watch him and they, and, and they see what he does and they want to be like him. They want to do like him because Jesus can go deeper with the circle of 12 then their spiritual life went deeper. He was training them to carry the fire way after he was gone. He invested into small groups so that they could go out and set the world on fire. You see, to be effective out in the world, they had to spend time in the inner circle, preparing, being trained, growing. The fire is kept burning in the in dimension. If you want to be used by God in this broken world, if you look around and you see all kinds of brokenness and you say, where do I start? How can I be used? How can I be a part of the solution? Then I encourage you to be part of a community, part of a group. If you want to see your life transform, if you want to see your family transform, if you want to see your community change, begin small like Jesus did. Begin with a small group where you're committed, where you're going deep, where you're growing. Grow. Stir the coals. That's the in dimension. I think Tallulah agrees with me. And then thirdly, go and spread the flame. What an incredible experience it must have been for Jesus to, to spend time with the Father. Can you imagine if, if you could just be, I don't know, you can't be a fly on the wall when you're out in the mount, right? But maybe if you can be a grasshopper on a rock and, there, and be where Jesus was praying with the Father. Can you imagine the, the intensity and the power of that prayer? I would want to stay there all day long. But Jesus didn't. Can you imagine how fun it must have been to hang out with Jesus and his disciples? Grilling fish by the Sea of Galilee telling jokes, picking on one another, James and John, the sons of thunder, and Peter, Rocky, and, and, and just going into the late hours of the night talking about what they had experienced and what they had seen. I would want to be there 24-7. But Jesus didn't stay there. He didn't stay in the mountain of prayer. He didn't stay in the inner circle of his disciples. The Bible says that he went down. He went down. He didn't stay in the mountain. He went down. He didn't stay where it was nice and safe. 
He ventured into the brokenness. He didn't stay in the air condition and the comfy pews. He didn't stay in the Sunday school classrooms with a prepared quarterly. He went out where people were hurting and hungry and sick and he touched them. He went down to the crowd that had come from all over the place to see him because they were healed, they were sick and they needed healing. The heart that was set on fire by God led to hands that touched the broken, the hurting, the sick and made them well. The fire started with the father, but it was meant to go out to a broken world. He spent the night in prayer. In the morning, he gathered an inner circle. In the afternoon, he went out to the crowd all in one day, Luke tells us. It was the, the up dimension, it was the in dimension, and then it was the out dimension. The flame that started in communion with the father was passed on to his disciples, but it was ultimately meant so that they would spread that flame into the world. The kingdom of darkness now was facing a formidable force. Winter had lasted too long, like in Narnia, where it's always winter but never Christmas. But Aslan has shown up. The fire and power of heaven, the lion of Judah has come and he's looking for faithful, committed, courageous, people who will go with him and set the world on fire. God is calling people of faith, followers of Jesus to end the winter brought on by God's enemy and establish the kingdom of heaven on earth here and now. And the question is, will you be one of those? Will you be a part of what God is doing? Who is going to take the torch and march into the danger zone? Who is going to make a difference in the lives of broken people, in the valley, on this side of the border, on the other side of the border, in Afghanistan, in Haiti, in Louisiana, in California, in Chiapas, along the Amazon, and around the world. Who will go? Who will join the host of Christ followers who are willing to lay their lives down for the sake of the kingdom? For they know that what's coming, what awaits us, the glory that is for us is much greater than any inconvenience, any discomfort, any suffering that we may suffer here and now. Who? Will it be you? Go. Spread the flame. That's the out dimension. Today we're launching a new Calvary. Some of it is gonna look the same. Some of it will be different. It's the new normal. But today we're calling each other to follow Jesus into his redemptive purpose. Jesus ignited a movement by praying daily, gathering with other believers, spending time with an inner circle, and then going out and making a difference in the world. And we want to invite you today to do the same, to gather, to grow, and to go. Our new strategy, and it's not so new, it's just a little bit repackaged. Our strategy here, as we start this new season of Calvary, is, is the core of it is the great commandment and the great commission. And if you know that, then you know that the great commission has to do with the gospel. Last Sunday, Pastor David talked about the gospel. He did an excellent job of that. 
And then it continues to guide. Guide means to, to equip and train people to be disciples and disciple makers. That's at the core of our strategy. And we will do that together as a congregation as we gather for worship, as we grow in a small group, and as we go out into the world and live the gospel out. That's what we want to do. We want to be more than just a place where people gather on Sunday morning. We want to be a movement, a movement of disciples that catches the fire and that spreads the fire. Here's a little video that our media team has prepared to, to show you what our strategy consists of. five G's to our strategy. Two of them are in the inner core circle. That's gospel and guide. But the three that maybe we really, really want you to remember, because that's the ones that you can do something about, that you can engage, is, is the gather, grow, and go. And want to make sure as we start this new season that you are a part of one of those, that, that in your life, like in the life of Jesus, there was the up and, and the in and the out. In your life, there would be a, a gather opportunity, there would be a grow opportunity, and there would be going opportunities for you. Our vision is that Calvary will be a movement of healthy disciples saturating the RGV with the transforming gospel where every believer gathers in corporate worship, builds community with other believers in grow groups, and lives Christ's commission to go and make other disciples wherever we are sent. Today, we are asking you to join the movement, to be part of the new Calvary. And I want to invite you to respond to that. And there may be different levels of response for you. Maybe, maybe where you need to start is by trusting Jesus as your Savior and Lord. Maybe the first place that you need to go is to give your life to him, to say, I will, I will deny myself, take up my cross and follow you. I've never made you Lord and Savior, but today is that day. Maybe that's the prayer you need to pray. Or maybe you need to follow in believer's baptism and, and mark your commitment to obey Jesus. Maybe you need to be part of a, a grow group and you haven't signed up for one. You need to do that today. Or maybe, maybe you just need to figure out how to change your mindset so that when you're part of gather and grow, you're not just learning so that you can know more, but you're being trained so that you can go more. So whatever your commitment is, I'm going to ask you to stand with me for a moment and to think about that commitment, that response that the Holy Spirit is leading you to make. To think about that for a moment. How is it that you need to respond? What commitment do you need to make? Will you join what God is doing 
here at Calvary and from Calvary to the rest of the world. Father, we thank you for Jesus and for his example, how he lived in communion with you, in fellowship with other believers, and then he went out and made a difference in the world. God, we want Calvary to, to follow your example. We want to be people whose heart is after your heart. God, we ask you to forgive us when we become complacent. Father, there's so much that has gone on over the last year or year and a half. And we're not going to lament what was or what happened. We're going to celebrate what will be. Today, we start new. Today, we ask you to ignite something new in our hearts and in our church. Holy Spirit of God, only you can do that in my heart and in the heart of my brothers and sisters here. Will you? Will you do it? And God, help us to respond with faith and obedience right now, whatever that commitment may be. And as we think about our commitment, we also want to pray for our offering. We thank you for the opportunity to give you of the much that you've given us. Some of us give online or on our app. Some of us give in person in the boxes that are here. Some mail our checks to the office. But all of it is an act of worship. It's saying, God, we trust you and we want to be a part of what you're doing. Not only do we want the ministry at Calvary to go on, but, but we want our offerings, our special offering for the situation in Afghanistan to go out and bless believers in Afghanistan who are helping Afghanis, who are oppressed, who are trying to leave the country. So bless that offering, God, and multiply it for the offering that we're receiving for Haiti. We thank you for, for Sherry Huerta and her family and, and how they've invested themselves for, for more than one generation into the people of Haiti. As we give for that relief effort, multiply the resources, encourage the believers who are boots on the ground as they minister to the broken people in Haiti. And God, would you have mercy on the people in Louisiana would you, would you, Father, deliver from, from the loss of life? Would you allow Hurricane Ida to dissipate and stop the destruction? God, have mercy, we pray. And God, make us the people who stand in the gap, who are redemptive and who share the love of Christ in word and deed. That's our prayer in Christ's name. Amen. I'm gonna ask you to be seated for just a moment. I, I wanna give you some instructions about how you can respond today. Um, one of the ways that you can respond is by, by going to, uh, we're gonna dismiss early, and you can go across the parking lot to our gym where the student center is, and you'll find there that, that there are tables set up so that you can sign up 
with the different ministries of our church. If you're not part of a grow or guide group, and we'll talk about the difference between those, you can sign up for one. You can learn about kids ministry, student ministry. And then as you go out, you'll, you'll see that there's an elote truck. I don't know if you're from the valley, you know what elote is, right? It's Mexican corn. And there's a smoothie truck and there's a raspa table and our cafe in the student center is open. And all of that is free to you. It's free, but you need a ticket. And the place where you can get a ticket is at the tables where we give you the information about our church. So go by the tables, pretend that you care and get a ticket. And if you go to more than one table, you get more than one ticket. And there's plenty of snacks, plenty of beverages. We want you to enjoy the fellowship. We want you to sign up and be a part of this new Calvary. And another way that you can do that, whether you're in person here or online, is you can download our new app. We're launching a new app today. So go to your app store, whether it's Apple or Android, and download the app Church Center. Church Center. And when you download it, then you're gonna type in CBC. Don't type in Calvary. I know somebody will come afterwards and I type Calvary and type CBC and then select Calvary McAllen, CBC McAllen. And when you select that church, it'll ask you for your phone number, you enter it, and then you're able to enter this app and it'll let you watch services on live, it'll let you access sermons, it'll let you access our website. But the most exciting thing for me and for today is that there's a little button in the bottom where you can press groups and it'll give you a listing of all the adult kids, student, young adult groups that are being offered. And you can click on them, you can join a group, you can know when they meet, where they meet, whether they're on campus or off campus, you can email the leader and you can be a part of growing as a disciple. So download the app, be a part of that. If you're watching online, I hope you'll take advantage of it. So that's our response time. We're gonna go over there and we're going to uh, learn and enjoy snacks. May the love of the Father, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the peace of His Spirit be with you. Amen.